everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Heart to Heart Podcast. I'm Bria. And I'm Kim. And today we're starting a very special series. This is part of, you know, when we talked about wanting to have more provocative conversations, this is going to be one of those. And it's a series. So we're going to be bringing you a lot of deep thought. Yeah, this series is called Black Women Stepping into Their Womanhood. And so really unpacking what that means what barriers exist to Black women achieving womanhood, girlhood, et cetera. Uh, And as Bria said, this is going to be provocative, and we're going to be throwing, I think, a lot of new ideas and concepts Mm -hmm. uh, out there. But these are things that we have researched, look into, and we'll be using different anecdotes to explain. Yes. So before we jump into this episode, We're just, and also the series, we're going to have a big series disclaimer. So first off, the language in this series is going to be rather heteronormative, um, not in a way to exclude anyone, but just to acknowledge the longstanding trends between, you know, the gender binary in men and women. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, the topics of sexual liberation can be applied to other races, but we are two Black women. Therefore, we are talking about the Black female experience. And lastly, a massive trigger warning, we're going to be talking about pedophilia, sexual assault, and, you know, themes in this realm, just because they are so entrenched in our society, our beauty standards, and we're going to get into all of that. Before we get started, know that you can always listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and be sure to leave us a rating. Um, on Apple Podcasts, and thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. If you want to see us on YouTube and see our faces, we have a channel, Heart to Heart Podcast. You can hear this and watch this exact same episode that you might be hearing on a platform. If you want to see our faces, see our, the way we talk, all that stuff, that's up for you to see as well. Okay. All right, let's, let's get started. This is going to be a big one. Yeah, so sit back. Please just buckle in. Get some water, get some snacks, something. Yeah. Okay. So our overarching question for this first episode of this series is, does sexual liberation exist for Black women? In short answer, no. No. (laughs) So there's so many ways in which we can start this, but I think pointing to the most recent event I think that really blew up and threw a lot of these you know this whole entire issue into question um is what happened to Chloe and ba- uh, Chloe Bailey uh from Chloe and Hallie yes <sighs> so Chloe if you guys haven't seen uh Chloe Bailey is part of a duo Chloe and Hallie whom I adore I love both of them so much I love their music uh but basically they they are a duo, and for the longest time, they had a joint Instagram account. Um, but recently, they decided to keep that account, but also make their own individual accounts because they both are multifaceted individual women, and they have so much going on in both their lives. Chloe produces music; she's posting clips of that. Hallie is going to be starring in Little Mermaid. She's going to be Ariel, so I'm sure she's going to have a lot of stuff coming for that as well. But you know, they're grown. They want to post whatever they want to post on their separate accounts. And so they've been doing just that. Specifically, Chloe has been doing just that. She did the Bus It Challenge. Uh, she posted a few other things. And because she's 
a voluptuous girl, people just kind of lost their minds. And she is so gorgeous and so beautiful, but men came out of the woodwork and really over-sexualized her posts in a very disgusting, perverted way. And simultaneously, while they were sexualizing her, they were also shaming her for posting the things that she wanted to post. When in reality, she even explained on her Instagram Live after all of this kind of blew up, she was crying and just saying how she does things for herself, as I think all of us do, and she's not seeking outside external validation. She was just posting the things that she wants to post, letting people into her life, her personality, and they were just gonna take it how they wanted to take it, but people took it negatively. And it was just really, really sad to see. And it's a prime example of how men don't want women to be sexually liberated. And when women are sexually liberated, men take that and take advantage of it and like use it for their own twisted sexual desires and objectify the women. Exactly. And I think in many ways, in like the pursuit of trying to achieve sexual liberation, women are still prey to men being predators Mm -hmm. and, you know, attacking them, over-sexualizing them, diminishing their confidence, but also in some ways benefiting from the images they're posting because of their own sexual desires. And, you know, something that was really interesting in Chloe's case was you know, she's young. I think, what is she, like 22, 23? Yeah, she's turning 23 soon. Pretty young. You know who also is pretty young? Kylie Jenner. Mm. And I feel like since forever, Kylie has also been outwardly sexual. She dated Tyga, who is older than her. You know, the whole lip fillers, Skype pictures, whatever. Those aren't inherently, you know, bad things, but she people are not up in arms uh, the public was not up in arms the way that they were when chloe posted those pictures she wasn't accused of you know seeking attention or you know trying to get attention um in trying to do all these things and so it's also just interesting to look at that comparison yeah. and look at for you know black women all of a sudden when they want to start to do these things and you know really unco- uncover you know new facets of who they are and what it means to step into their sexuality they're hit with so much backlash. Yeah. And even with Zendaya's new movie, a lot of people are like, I can't see her as being, as playing this role. I only see her as playing these more, you know, teen, you know, kid roles. Mm-hmm. And so how is that diminishing? Like her claim to sex, to like, you know, sexual liberation um, and romance and all of these, and all of these things. Yeah, there's just like a really scary aspect of control when mm-hmm. it comes to sexual liberation. and women just expressing themselves. And I think that men don't want it to be on women's own terms. They want women to be sexual, but they want it for their own purposes. And, you know, obviously that's, there's a generalization and that can be applied to all, quote unquote, all men or quote unquote, all women. Like it's not specifically racialized, but I do want to get into the aspects that are racialized. So while there is like a general thing of ownership between men and women and men and the patriarchy, you know, wanting to prey on women's sexuality, we're going to also kind of get into it. Like you just started getting into it with Kylie versus Chloe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kylie was more so I feel like allowed to be outwardly sexual. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like the outrage of her, 
doing that, it was just a different vibe, a different energy. Uh, I didn't really see people trying to suppress it. it. Like if anything, it was more so people making fun of her for getting lip fillers. It wasn't saying stop posting what you want to post or dressing like this or dressing like that. It was just like, oh, ha ha, like she's dating Tyga, da da da. But it kind of was allowed, you know, especially in her immediate family. No one, no one said, you know, don't. It date built her empire. It built her empire. All the lip fillers, her makeup line, you know, yeah. the clothes she wears, it, it built her empire. And she is, what is she, like a billionaire right now? Like, yeah, allegedly. she's extremely wealthy. It, it contributed to her empire, whereas the case of Chloe and other um, Black women, it has, I don't want to say led to their downfall. I mean, Chloe, you know, and Hallie still have a great, successful career, but you know what I mean? It, it's not benefiting them in the way that it is Chloe. Yeah. I mean, Kylie. (laughs) Chloe's being demonized. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's sad, and we even touched on this in our, you know, last episode, but this idea that it's also coming from other Black women who are seeking validation by putting Chloe down. Yeah. Being like, see, well, you deserve the body shaming or the backlash because you should keep that wrapped up. You should be modest. Um, And it's, it's just sad, like, Black women aren't allowed to just have ownership of their bodies. Everyone else wants to have a, a stake in that. Mm-hmm. And everyone else wants to own that and and claim that for themselves and tell them how to tell them how to operate. And it's it's really sad. Yeah. And I think, you know, something really powerful that I saw like summarized so beautifully on Twitter was somebody saying, like, our perception about black women is limited. Mm. And these cases are evidence of that you know, people not being okay with these risque like pictures and whatnot and seeing that as being forms of trying to grab attention. Mm -hmm. Why can't black women push those boundaries? Why can't, you know, if black women want to do that, why can't they? And also too, I mean, have black men, have these black male rappers not been sexually explicit to the fullest extent possible? I mean, growing up, that is all you saw in music videos and songs, you know, that it was just so clear. So then why, when Black women do it, are people upset? Why are people up in arms? Um, because it's about control. Like we It just, is about control. It, and like, so what I want to make clear is like, we do see Black women being sexual, but it becomes like weaponized and demonized by men. And black women right now are not allowed to be sexually liberated because the male gaze over-sexualizes them and objectifies them. So while we're able to see songs like WAP blow up, men simultaneously benefit from seeing the images of black women being sexually liberated and proclaiming their freedom but at the same time, they still objectify them. And it's like, it's a weird thing where it's like, they want to see these sexual images, but then they also want to tell women to wrap it up and keep it covered. It's, it's a weird, weird balance. That's about control. Also too, I think with WAP, I mean, people were, I, there were truly like US politicians tweeting about it. So disgruntled so upset saying you know this is 
I don't want my daughter to ever see this. Like, this is so awful. This is so terrible. And it reinforces these notions that women shouldn't be sexually liberated. They shouldn't be proud of their sexuality. They shouldn't be proud to be free and open and, you know, say these things and express their sexuality in the ways that they want to. And I think they're scared. Like, they know that if Black women are sexually liberated, that is playing with the power dynamics that exist. Mm -hmm. And the the various forms of sexual oppression that women face when you start to really fight for sexual liberation, talk about what that means, Mm -hmm. it starts to change the power dynamics. Not completely, not completely because there's some, you know, structures and barriers that are obviously hard to overcome um, that we still have to work through regardless. But, you know, I think people get scared because women being in these positions to control their own sexuality and their own being that just goes against the status quo and that goes against the norms. And again, I think people or black women who, who, who have also played into this and said, you know, well, she should be covering up whatever. Well, that goes back to respectability politics. Yeah. And that really hits that, you know, in terms of being the perfect woman who deserves respect saying that not every woman inherently deserves it. It's only the women who dress modestly when, you know, yeah, like all that stuff. And that feeds into rape culture because then you're also saying that to really be a victim, you had to have, you know, turtleneck, you know, full coverage, like whatever, saying that like you have a part in whatever has happened to you that, you know, it just, that whole respectability politics stuff is still so rampant and it's so dangerous because it destroys our notion of what black women could be. It limits our perceptions of what women could be, what black women could be. Um, And it's dangerous because that also justifies what men have done, which I think is sick. And again, everything we're talking about and how do you achieve sexual liberation, patriarchy has to be destroyed. It does. No way it could stand at the same time that the sexual liberation for women, for black women exists. No. Because at the end of the day, right now in our current society, any sexual liberation that Black women and women at large try to express still falls upon the male gaze, even if that's not the intended audience or purpose. So even when we try to reclaim our power and post for ourselves or just do whatever we want, these creepy patriarchal over-sexualizing men still benefit from seeing it. And that's not saying that we shouldn't do what we want to do. It's saying that men need to do better and self-critique and stop being literally perverts. Everything should not be sexualized. People posting bikini pictures, people doing all this stuff, those things, like, it's sad that stuff like that is seen as, like, inherently sexual and inherently risque and seen as, like, suggestive automatically. That's frightening. Because even going back to Chloe from Chloe and Hallie, things that she were posting was literally just simple pictures of her in a nice outfit posting. But also because because she has a bigger butt, people automatically are like, oh, she's showing off her butt. No, but I'm saying it's just double standard because if she had been thinner or, you know, was flatter, then people would just, it would have been like artful or would have been nice. People wouldn't have assign the value that they did to it and you know one of the big things that I think set off this whole discourse was the fact that she posted a picture of her literally like like staging her room just a little video of her staging her room in a big t-shirt 
and in underwear and you could like see her butt and people were focusing on that and being like oh she's just posing this as a thirst trap but she was just like it was art if anyone else had been doing it it would have been art and it's also showing how black women are so overly sexualized mm -hmm. because I could just see if it had been you know, a skinnier white model who, and like Vogue magazine had reposted that, it would have been seen as like, oh, this is so artful and powerful and creative and energy and vibey. But because it's a black woman who has a curvier figure, it was really sexualized. Yeah, and I mean, the reason why all this over-sexualization happens is because, you know, these are tropes and things that have existed since slavery. During slavery, Black women were also extremely sexualized. And even if you look back and you see imagery, uh, you know, Black females who were enslaved, you know, had, were, were uh, drawn with like overly big butts and, you know, seen as um, like, like exotic objects. Right. And also to like people who are constantly seeking um, like sexual desire and being deviant and all of these different things. So yeah. those perceptions have still existed. And I still think go to explain why automatically when we see black women, that's what our minds go to. And that is a flaw that non-black people and black people have perpetuated. Um, and we have to call that out at some point. Yeah. We really, we really do yeah. uh, because it's problematic and it's really scary. And this over sexualization too, and these things being inherently suggestive is also frightening when you also hear about all the stories of black women, you know, getting kidnapped or almost getting kidnapped or having to run away from so many people. I mean, I know for you probably have so many stories as I can share of like men being crazy and literally following you. Yeah. And like, there's just been so many times in my life where I've truly had to like call my dad, call my brothers on the phone, be like, you, like, I'm running home. Like you have to come get me because there's people following me. Yeah. Because I, I'm where I happen to be wearing a skirt that day or something like that. And, and even when you're not, I mean, not. there's just stories of, you know, me, I, I had an internship where I was working with like a lot of people from the Philadelphia community. And even at my place of work, I didn't feel safe. Mm. I'd come to the work dressed in big t-shirts, jeans, sweatshirts, like no makeup, just to try to circumvent the fact that I knew people were gonna try to talk to me. Even then I still couldn't escape it. And I was literally in fear some days, like thinking, oh my God, what if someone follows me home from my job and like comes to my dorm room and is like doing, like, you know what I mean? Things like that. And like, even people in the workplace, like, do I feel safe around the people that I'm working with? And it's like, there's so much burden on women to try to like lessen the risk of like something of harm being brought upon us. But in reality, we gotta start checking the men yep. who are preying on women. Yeah. And, and I mean, in our last episode, again, we talked about accountability and that is gonna take other men really calling out their bros or their guys or whoever it is. Yeah for perpetuating these things, for calling and hollering at women, for doing all these things, for over-sexualizing women and assuming that, you know, women want to get with them or just because of what they're wearing or whatever it may be. And, and again, like these, yeah, and, and these things fall really hard 
especially during black girlhood because black girls tend to develop at a quicker age so we're exposed to that you know just statistically a lot sooner than girls of other races and that's sad because then think about the implications of that just for your own mental sanity and like your own emotional state it it puts you in fear from such an early age um and that's sad you know that's really really sad it's just that every every, basically I feel like every aspect of our lives is ruled by like the male gaze Mm. and there's so much burden placed on us to be perfect or you know modest um and there's no like standard for men to do better yeah and that's what's just frustrating you know like we are never able to come into our own fully we're never able to take full charge of our being and how we want to express ourselves because we're always worried about what someone else is going to think and what someone else is going to say and because someone else is always going to have a comment and think what you should what you are doing shouldn't be done or could be done better or xyz and it's so frustrating and mentally draining yeah and it's something that i think we need to really move past yes i want to move past seeing black women as objects and sexual beings in a form of in a perverted form you know what i mean like it's simultaneously like expected of us to be super sexual and freaky and all this stuff. But at the same time, we're supposed to be hidden and clothed and closeted. And that just goes, I know I keep saying it, it goes back to control and like men wanting control of our bodies. And I just, I just want more for us. I want more for us as well. And I think, you know, just in the same ways that it's very evident that for black people to achieve like liberation, it also takes white people doing the work that is exactly what we're saying here. Our sexual liberation, we can't, there's only so much we can do after a certain extent. Like it really is going to come down to challenging the patriarchy, to challenging men and questioning the entire framework that allows for this to continue and allows for this to happen. If it's only us women screaming at the top of our lungs, we just get dismissed. Mm-hmm. Men have to check their friends and even people they're not friends with. Check men, please. You know, I think, starting to wrap this up it once again the patriarchy and the things that we have accepted as a society need to change Mm -hmm. there's only so much women can do after a certain point and women have some women have already become indoctrinated with the harm that men have perpetuated so again it's going to take multiple actors to really get us to this point of of liberation of sexual liberation yeah also this is something i want to say uh it's so like widespread and like such it's the default to like objectify women and objectify black women specifically so when we see then celebrities like lori harvey you know getting spoiled quote unquote or actually just getting treated the way she deserves it's like a rarity and then people have so many think pieces on it and be like should she does she deserve this but like why is this happening to her it just shows how rare it is for black women to actually be treated with respect and get wined and dined and not be objectified you know it's like that's why there's so many think pieces because it's so rare to see yeah. it's so rare to see when in reality that should be the standard yeah that should be the standard and again the bar is low the bar is low
the bar is low. I just hope that we get to a point one day where women are able to express themselves without men being predatory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that is, you summed it up because that, that is really what it is. Um, and that will lead to so much, to just a safer way of living and existing. Um, and I really don't think people understand like how deep rooted the fear is in women of what men will do when you're just out alone and in the streets. And like, that is something I, I feel like we don't talk about that as a society enough, like just yeah. what that means yeah. and kind of like how that affects you emotionally, like going outside and automatically like, you know, having to, I don't know. I just like, it's like a different state and like, I guess, you know, everywhere you go, you should be alert regardless, but just knowing that you're more prone to people preying on you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to live like that. And no, it shouldn't, it, this should not still be happening. This should not still be going on. Um, and, you know, I really hope that we can really begin to unpack these things and fix these things um, and that men realize the part in their place that they can play in unbreaking in like deconstructing this cycle. Okay. Sorry. Another last point. This just goes to show also it's about control and men kind of like not having consent um the silhouette challenge is something that's been going around it's a challenge on tiktok where mostly girls and women have been um posting and it's basically like you're bummy and then it transitions to like you in red light and you're just posing showing off your silhouette men have been going in taking women's videos editing off the red light so they could see women's naked bodies when that's not what women consented for you to see. And there's little like viral tweets of people laughing and being like, oh bro, like you're so down bad. Like that's so funny, ha ha. Like, you know, you're starving if you really want to see a woman's body like that. That's not a joke. And it's another example of women trying to step into their sexuality and people twisting it perverting it and making it something that women have to be fearful of yes yes because then after people figured that out they were like make sure you're wearing um some you know tight fitting undergarments underneath because people are editing off the red light like why do we have to always take 10 steps to try to counteract the craziness that men do when men should just be the ones to hold to hold themselves accountable and not do the things going to the source how come women always have to be 10 steps ahead and try to think of oh i shouldn't wear this i shouldn't do this i need to make sure i do this for the challenge why it would all be simple if men just acted right that's what this all boils down to that's gonna be the general trend of our little series but um I think we, I think we really hit a lot today, um, and yeah. really started to uncover a lot. Yeah. Again, this idea does sexual liberation exist for women? No. And at, at this point, it's how do we get there? How do we get? How there? do we get there? And how do we hold men accountable? How do we destroy the patriarchy? Just to put it bluntly, um, in order to get to this place. And I hope that people listening are able to understand the real life implications, the racialized 
um, aspects of gendered violence and whatnot, because um, it's really important. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you all for listening. Thank you. Next week, we're going to be getting into, we're just going to keep this trend and dive even deeper. We're going to talk about where does this like desire for control come from? The answer shortly, pedophilia. And we're going to get into how that shapes our beauty standards and our society at large. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.